Hi coaches, thanks for tuning in to the ITA College Tennis Coaches podcast. So today I'm speaking with Adam Steinberg, who is the head men's tennis coach at the University of Michigan. So Adam's covered a lot of ground during his college career. He started at St. John's University and moved on to become the assistant at Northwestern under Paul Torricelli. He was then named the head men's coach at the University of Alabama before moving on to Pepperdine and now finds himself at the University of Michigan. Adam has a string of outstanding accomplishments, including the 2006 NCAA team title while he was at Pepperdine. In this episode, we discuss why Adam moved from a head coaching position at St. John's to the assistant position at Northwestern, his NCAA title prediction on his interview at Pepperdine, and how he helped turn that prediction into reality. We also spend a lot of our time discussing his coaching philosophy and the high energy culture he creates wherever he goes. With that, I bring you Adam Steinberg. Adam Steinberg, welcome to the ITA College Tennis Coaches Podcast. Oh, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Anytime. I'm looking forward to, to getting into a, a lot of stuff here. Obviously, uh, we've, we've got to know each other a little bit in recent months. Um, you know, I kind of followed your, your college coaching career for, from a distance. And, and obviously, we know a lot of people in, in common, but it's it's great to chat with you on the phone and get to know you, your coaching philosophy and, and uh, what you've done over the course of your career a little bit better. No, I appreciate it. Oh, this is fun. I, uh, I really appreciate you uh, asking me to do this. I look forward to uh, hanging out for the next hour or so. Okay. So uh, thanks. Okay, cool. So you, you began your coaching career as a head coach at St. John's, but then decided to take a step back and become a, an assistant coach at Northwestern. Uh, so why was that the right decision for you at the time? Um, yeah, that was, um, well, a long time ago, but in the, uh, early nineties, uh, you know, I was the, I was the head coach of St. John's for five years and I was, you know, I was ready to, to move forward with my career a little bit, you know, back then, you know, budgets were so small at, at school like St. John's and, and facilities were tough and, you know, I was also personally ready to make a change. I had lived in New York uh, pretty much my whole life, uh, except for my four years in college, and I was ready for just a, a total change. So that that was a part of it, and and I, you know, I I, I tried uh, to move ahead and get another head coaching position, and it was it was very difficult. Uh, I was getting, you know, a, a lot of a lot of no's, and and then I. You know, on my own, I, I just thought to myself, well, you know, if I go be an assistant coach at a at a big program, you know, I, I thought that would be a good move for me um, to learn under, uh, you know, a well-established coach. That was a part of it. I was young. I, I still had a lot to learn. Uh, you know, I was so young um, in my mid-20s. And, and then to be a part of a big program with a large travel budget and being able to recruit and um, do the things that, you know, that that really happen in bigger programs. I, I thought I would, you know, it was at that time in my life, it was really about learning. I, mm -hmm. I just, I was like, wow, this would be a great opportunity for me um, to go out and because I, I loved, I, I mean, I loved college coaching from the first second and I, and this is something I wanted to do for the rest of my life at that time, I thought, and who would have thought 31 years later, I'm still doing it, but, and I still love it. Um, but I, I really uh, fell in love with it and, and I was on this mission to make this, you know, a huge part of my life. So, um, it was, it was a tough, uh, it was, it was tough, uh, you know, interview process, um, with, with different schools. It's, you know, it's never easy. There's so many great people out there, but Paul Torricelli took a chance on me at Northwestern and, you know, uh, as I always tell him, I, I owe him my life. So <laughs> I, I thank him to this day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so did any, any other coaches or other people maybe in your life tell you that was a bad decision to go from being a head coach to an assistant coach? A lot of decisions I've made um, have been uh, <laughs> criticized at times but, uh, <laughs> from other people. But sure. um, I, 
You know, yeah, I, I had that question a lot. I still get that question. You know, I, I, I saw on your resume, you, you know, or I saw in your bio, you went from uh, mm-hmm. a head coach to assistant coach, you know, what was the reason for that? And, um, and, but, you know, I get that from uh, my players. I get that from young coaches out there that are going through the same things I went through, mm-hmm. um, really trying to find their way and, and, For me, um, you know, my advice is every situation is different. And um, for me, I was I was looking to move forward. I I wanted to, you know, be part of a big program. I I wanted to um, hopefully that would springboard me forward to a head coaching job in a big conference. So that was my my personal goals. Everybody's different. I always tell them if you're you know, if you're happy in your situation and you're at a mid-major and you're a head coach and your your family's happy and you love where you are and you love what you're doing, then that's great. I mean, mm-hmm. that's I'm so happy for you. But if if you had the same goals and kind of the same thought process I had at the time, um, where you're in a place that you feel like you know what I. I want something a little bit bigger or I'm ready for a move. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I think it's good advice to go be an assistant coach, um, at a big program. I think assistant coaches are being hired at big programs in the last few years, all over the place. The salaries of uh, assistant coaches now are so different, um, than, than when I was, uh, you know, back then when I, when I was going through this. So, so the pay is better. Um, you know, a lot of these jobs as assistant coaches now, associate head coaches, they pay as well as, as being a head coach at some programs. So, right. um, so there's, you know, so like I said, it depends on the, uh, on the situation. Mm-hmm. It depends on the person and the program you're in. But I, I, you know, I've given that, I've, I can tell you, I've given that advice to, to a few different sure. young coaches out there, you know, so, yeah. um, uh, you know, and, and I felt good about it, you know, after speaking with them, Good. And, and so you went from Northwestern to Alabama then, am I right in saying that? Correct. Yeah. So, so how yep. were you maybe, how, how do you think maybe you were a better coach or a head coach when you, you know, you arrived at, at Alabama, what did you learn maybe at St. John's and your experience at Northwestern? Um, do, do you think you were, you were better positioned then to be a head coach than, than you were during your time at St. John's? No, that's a great, I like that question. That's, that's great. I, um, oh, for sure. I mean, I was at St. John's, I was flying by the seat of my pants. I mean, I really, I, I you know, it, it was a great learning experience because, you know, I was doing pretty much everything on my own, um, at that time, but I really wanted to learn under somebody that was a, a big motivator in me, uh, actually, and I, I touched on that before about going to work for the likes of, you know, a hall of fame coach like Paul Torricelli. Mm-hmm. And without a doubt, I was way more equipped to take that job at Alabama and confident in myself, um, you know, that I can handle this, you know, at a big sec position than before I went to Northwestern for mm-hmm. sure. I, yeah. You know, Northwestern, we, you know, we had a great two years. We, you know, we made the sweet 16. Um, you know, I, I got to be around, um, some really great players and, and Paul taught me a ton, um, you know, about recruiting team dynamics, uh, just everything. He, you know, he's a special person and still, you know, one of my best friends and mentors to this day. And, he can tell you anything that goes sideways in my life. He, you know, he's pretty much um, getting a, a call. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah. it was it was great learning under him, and then you know it helped me for sure. Yeah. No, I was lucky to spend a year with Paul at Northwestern when I was the assistant women's coach there. So I know I know Paul well, and and uh, yeah, it's great that yeah. that he's in your life, and and likewise, I know yes. I could pick up the phone anytime and, and give him a call. So. Um, so yeah. I read an article where you promised the AD at Pepperdine that you'd win an NCAA championship within four years. So is that true? And if so, why were you so confident in making this prediction? Yeah. Wow. What a jump right to that. And, uh, yes. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, that is true. That that is a true story. And I uh, little backstory on that. I um, the night we won the title in '06 at Stanford, um, right after match point, uh, the ads and, and friends and family all came out to the court, and my ad. I remember he gave me a big hug and he said, you kept your promise. And, and I was like, and I looked at him, I was like, what promise? And, and he said, you don't remember on your interview, you, uh, you told me you were going to win a national championship within four years. And I'm like, I did. I said, that. and, and we both laughed. And, um, so, uh, I was like, I was, and I was thinking back and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Maybe I did. Um, you know, I, 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 when I got the job at Pepperdine, I knew yeah. um, I was taking over, you know, a program with incredible tradition. I mean, I, and that's just, you know, those are facts. I mean, you had, you know, Alan Fox for 20 something years, got so close, got to the final, um, just built something amazing. Peter Smith, who I took over from, you know, the year before I got the job, they were in the quarters um, in the elite eight, obviously the, the location and, and just, how special the school is. I just, you know, I, I felt that, you know, that was a job, that was a place that you can do it. And maybe I overstated a little bit, you know, in my interview regarding the time frame of it, um, you know, within four years, but I definitely, without a doubt, I, I was confident that, you know, that you can do that at a school like Pepperdine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just something we were probably expected to say on job interviews at certain programs. Anyway. Yeah. So you, you feel like you have yeah, to. Yeah. But, yeah. But okay. So, so can you maybe take us a little bit through that process from, from year one to, to ultimately then winning the title in, in 2006? I mean, can you, you know, give us a sense of, of how you were building over those, those few years and, and how you ultimately got to that point in that year to where you believed you, your, your team was in a position to, to win the whole thing. Yeah. The, um, when I took the job, we didn't have many players, uh, you know, a few graduated from Peter and then I know some went over to USC with him. And so, um, you know, we, we, there was a lot of work to be done. There was a lot of recruiting to be done. And so, you know, we, we started out, you know, it was ground zero. I mean, we, you know, we, we barely could feel the team, um, that fall, um, regarding the numbers. Um, but we did have a, a couple good players that very good players. Um, but we definitely needed to, to get going. So pair and I, uh, pair Nielsen and I, you know, we went right to work and we were able to recruit a couple guys, um, to come in in January and we had a pretty good season that first year. But the one thing that I saw was one, we were, we were really young. So it was, you know, we, we can instill that culture right away and, and have these guys for a few years and, and build it, which was great. Um, but we got lucky. I, I, you know, looking back in the, just, in the way these guys connected, like the players that came in that January and the following year, they had an amazing connection with each other. I mean, we had a, um, you know, we've had a couple of zoom calls in the last few weeks mm -hmm. with those guys and they're still so close and, um, they just connected so well off the court. Um, and they obviously really connected well on the court. And so it grew just, you know, the, every year it, it um, we started to do better and better. And I think, um, getting back to specifically your question, um, when did I, I think you asked, when did I really see that this team can, can achieve, right. you know, what we did? I, I think it was, <clears throat> You know, my third year, uh, we got to the Elite Eight um, at Texas A&M, um, and we lost to Baylor um, pretty badly, actually. They had such a great team. Mm. But I think the guys, that was the first time that I saw that, you know what, hey, you know, it really clicked that, hey, we can do this. You know, we can win it all. These are the things we need to do better. And the, the best thing was that pretty much the whole team was coming back. So mm -hmm. we really got on a mission, a mission after that tournament, even though we, we, you know, even though after we lost, 
just the guys, I remember an hour after the match, they were already talking about next year and, and that doesn't happen all the time. And, and the culture was really good at that time. The, you know, the, like I said, the connection between the guys was great. And, and so we were really excited about coming back in, in 06 and achieving what we did, you know? So, but there was a belief for the first time after getting to the elite eight, I saw, I finally, after three years, saw that belief in their eyes Mm -hmm. and, and the rest is history, as they say. Right. So was there, I mean, obviously the, the guys believed at that point and, and you go through the summer, but were there any specific weaknesses that you felt like you needed to drill into or was it just, hey, we're, we're on the right track, let's keep doing what we're doing? Yeah, I think, um, you know, our, co- our, co- our culture um, and my philosophy uh, has always been you know, it's team first, you, you play for each other, you practice for each other, you, you know, you support your teammates on a daily basis and um, in every way. And I think we were, at that time, I think we were, uh, we did a very good job on match day, but it was, it was pretty inconsistent. And to win a national championship, I, national championship, I didn't feel like it was consistent enough on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, in 05, 06, uh, practice, you know, it, it changed a lot. And, you know, I felt like I needed to hold the guys a little bit more accountable. The players, the, you know, we were an older team at that time. You know, we had, you know, a bunch of seniors and I felt like they needed to, it, they needed for it to become their team. Mm. You know, it needed to be more player driven um, for sure. And, and that started to happen. And when that happened and, and practice, you know, consistency um, with our energy and playing together, when that really improved on a day-to-day basis, you know, I, I feel we made that jump um, to the guys starting to feel like they, you know, like, hey, we deserve this now. We're going to do this. Um, so that was that was a real turning point, I thought, in 0506. So, so Hopefully that answers your no, question. No, it does. I'm just interested. I mean, we, yeah. we, I know as a former coach myself, it, it's like, you know, when, when you see those the players kind of take responsibility, usually the older players, and, and they're, yeah. they're kind of an extension of the coach, you know, you have something pretty special. Um, but it's it's... It's how do you facilitate that more? You know, it's it's like it's something that I feel like, uh, you know, happens naturally on some teams, doesn't on others. I guess I, I, my question is, when it's not happening naturally on, on certain teams, how do you help facilitate that to happen? Because because it really is a driver in terms of the team success. Yeah, without question. Uh, it's, it was a lot of work. Um, you know, it's... Um, Communication to me is is beyond important um, in any aspect of your life, but especially on a team. And and it was just and being consistent. I you know I felt um, that it was you know it's not perfect. It, it was it was never uh, perfect by any means. It, it, it never is. But if you can be consistent in your message and, and you can show like, you know, what was happening was that we were having good results. So that helped a lot because mm-hmm. the guys were seeing like, okay, this is working. And, you know, it was, there was a lot of, a lot of conversations with the older guys. And when, and like I said, and you said it, that when they start taking responsibility, when they start believing that, Hey, this is my team. I'm an owner here. I'm not renting. Right. I, you know, like this is, um, and you know, if you watch the, you know, recently you watch the last dance mm. and you watch I'm watching that somebody right now. 30 for 30. Yeah. 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 So you see like, you know, and I watched the other night, the, the bad boys, uh, you know, about the Detroit Pistons and, and you just see how the, you know, the older, it's not always positive. I get that, but just mm. the overall, theme of it to me was how player driven those great teams were and you know how the players really take ownership and responsibility when that happens man you you can achieve amazing things and and that's what happened at at Pepperdine I mean the older guys like when I would walk into practice I knew 
the seniors, you know, they were looking out at this team, like uh, through my eyes, like, Mm -hmm. and I, like they could, I could see that. So it was, uh, so that's when it's really special and and that's when it really works. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're always pushing something onto somebody and they're just yesing you to death and it's always a push pull thing and, and it doesn't really, Mm -hmm. it's never, you're never going to achieve what you want. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I I remember that night well at at Stanford and, and like I've been fortunate to, to watch a lot of NCAA finals, but for that, for some reason that night really stands out to me. And obviously it was a big crowd and it was a beautiful night and, and the tennis was amazing. Um, but you know, I had no dog in the fight, but for some reason I was really pulling for, for your team and and I, I just i think i got that sense you know that that these guys were really you know connected they they um yeah. i don't know i guess they were were maybe the slight underdog but they felt like a, a bigger underdog than maybe they were they yes. were a little grittier and scrappy and um yeah i just really remember that night well it was uh it was a fun night for me watching so i can't imagine what it was like for you but um yeah no i appreciate yeah, that yeah thank but you i, I want to dig into your your kind of your philosophy a little bit more so uh, another memory i have of, of you and your team was i was actually out in hawaii i was with northwestern at the time and um we were practicing uh it was probably january maybe 07 and uh you come rolling in with your team and and uh <laughs> man the energy and the, yeah, the positivity yeah. just started just infusing the place and and uh got our our players rocking and rolling and and um yeah. you know it was it was it was a lot of fun to to see that and witness that and just the the type of energy that your your players and your teams were exuding i mean we were kind of all over the place you know players on different courts but we could hear them all the time and then the next time i got to see your your team uh i guess uh, compete not practice was it was at the national indoors this past february in wisconsin and you're obviously now with 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 michigan but i i you know i could still again sense this same kind of here's an adam steinberg coach team and it was the same kind of high energy you know really you know great positivity uh great connection amongst the team um so where does that high energy philosophy stem from and how has it maybe evolved throughout your coaching career uh, that's a great question. I, I I remember that trip to Hawaii. I we I apologize by the way because nobody likes to practice next to us. <laughs> um, so we get that a lot. But um, I, I um, you know throughout my uh, career, I you know that's for one. You know that's I when I played. You know I I, I definitely didn't have near the talent as you know many of, of the other players in juniors and in college and i always you know felt like i was just fighting for everything and i had this big passion uh for tennis um i always have had that and i and i've had such a big passion for team sports i love it mm-hmm. you know i love every sport i love college tennis so much you know 31 years i'm doing this and i I love it every bit as I did back in 1990 and, you know, having great energy and being positive will always bring out the best in you. And so, you know, wherever I've been, um, it's been my philosophy to to bring that to the program, to bring that to the players. Um, You know, I just, I've always also felt that it's not just about winning. It's, really helping these kids become better people besides better athletes. That's a huge motivator for me on a daily basis. And I just have seen through the years, you know, when, you know, when these kids, uh, these student athletes, when they bring that energy and they're positive and they bring that passion and they not only bring it for themselves, they bring it for each other it just creates a, a really fun, um, amazing environment on a daily basis. And I, I just feel that it brings out the best in them on the court and off the court. And I believe it to my soul. And, and so, you know, and, and I know, you know, uh, all my teams, you know, we're, we're pretty loud and, um, but it, it's never been about screaming and yelling and making noise. It's, you know, it's so much more than that. 
Um, but I do, you know, I, 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 you know, on the other hand, I do believe in, um, in celebrating and being passionate. What is, uh, mm-hmm. the great Greg Patton said that success without celebration <laughs> is failure, something like that. I don't know. I, I hopefully I didn't mess that up, but, um, so, so, you know, I, I believe in that and, um, but it's never mm-hmm. to offend anybody. It's never to, you know, it's never against the yeah. other team. We, you know, the other teams, I have so much respect for, for everybody. Um, but I just, you know, for my, for the last, however many years I'm doing this, it, it's something that I, um, I, I just have seen, you know, great things happen to, and to these kids and how much they grow, um, from the way that, mm-hmm. that we do it. So it's, uh, um, yeah. you know, so it, it's, it's very, it's very re- rewarding, um, in, in a lot of different ways, not just mm-hmm. from the wins and losses. Yeah, no, I, the, the little bit I've seen, I've never felt like it was, uh, ever done negatively or in, in an unsportsmanlike way. It was always very positive and upbeat and, and, uh, encouraging, you know, uh, their fellow teammates. And even though I still have a headache from, from February, I, yeah. I, 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 I do, <laughs> yeah. do, do enjoy watching it, um, and watching your run there as well. It was cool to see, but, um, you know, so so okay so you arrive at, at a new new college uh you know in, in most recent case being been Miss michigan like how do you even go about establishing that that culture of energy you know is it is it you know because i understand now you've got it going and, and freshmen come in and they can kind of see how the older players are operating what the expectations are but when you're starting a program which a lot of you know coaches are, are, are yeah. you know that's happening every year right i mean there's new coaches coming in they're taking over programs programs yeah. how how do you go about instilling your coaching philosophy and and this ethos and and how would you encourage other coaches to to go about establishing their culture yeah no it's 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 never easy when you when you start at a new you know a new place and you're obviously taking over a program and you know from somebody uh, that was obviously doing it differently and um so it's never easy and, and like you said it happens every year coaches are going to new places all the time and and you know the one thing that you know you i always believe you you have to really uh you know, have an identity, believe, you know, stick to your principles, be consistent on a daily basis in, in that, um, once you, you're a little wishy-washy and you, you start, um, being inconsistent in what you believe in, you know, I don't think you can establish a true identity that you'll be able to see when adversity Mm -hmm. hits. That's the biggest thing, you know? So, um, so, whatever job I've taken, um, that, you know, like we talked about Alabama or going to Pepperdine or going to Michigan, you know, this is something that, like I said, I, I believe in my soul, you know, that, you know, your number one responsibility is going to be to encourage your teammates to be a great teammate on a daily basis to, to, uh, you know, to play with, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of energy, um, not just on match day, but every day. And, And, so you, you know, again, it's about communication. It's about accountability. Um, you, you obviously try as best you can to get the older guys in the team to buy in, uh, first, because when it comes from them, it's it, like, I, I think I went over this before. It really, it really sticks. It really, uh, helps more than, than anything. You know, it, it's a beautiful thing when the players, are taking accountability and responsibility out there, um, especially during practice. So you, I mean, it's, it's never, it's never perfect. And I think any coach will tell you when they take over a program that first fall semester, it's, there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of trial and error. There's you know, a lot of communication, but you, you stick through it through the tough times. You, you don't, you know, for me, I just feel like, you know, I'm not going to give in on the, the principles that I, that I believe in. And, and hopefully, you know, it, it doesn't take a day. It doesn't take a week. It's, it's a mm-hmm. constant process. Um, so, you know, I've always felt that, you know, as much as you're working on your forehand, backhand, your serve, your return, you know, we're working on being a team on a daily basis, um, mm-hmm. and, and, 
you know, hopefully it takes a shorter time than, than normal. Um, but sometimes it doesn't, um, it takes longer mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, that's okay. If you, if you're getting a little bit better, um, each day, that's great. So, um, you just, you know, as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten <laughs> more patient. Um, I definitely don't think that was my strong suit, uh, you know, back in the early 2000s, I think my, if any of my players were listening to this, they would be like, yep, I agree with that. Um, but I think I definitely have gotten more patient for sure. Um, I am not perfect mm-hmm. by any means, but um, I think that has helped, um, especially with, with the younger uh, guys on the team. I, I, I think being a little more patient and really understanding that this is so right. new for them, you know, and even the guys returning, this is like, this is something new. It's a different language. Um, no matter who the coach, even if it wasn't right. me, it'd be a different, just a different thing. So, yeah. um, no, so I don't know. It, Hopefully that answers your question. It but does. That's, I mean, so then how, how do you go about identifying players that fit into kind of this high energy ethos? I mean, is it asking them specific questions? Is it watching how they compete? Is it, you know, especially when they come to campus for, for a visit maybe and, and kind of see this? this culture and practice and and i'm sure some of them might be like oh this might not be for me but how, how do you challenge them to uh, <laughs> yeah, for you yeah. to figure out who is going to buy in maybe to the culture a, a little uh you know a little faster maybe than some other player you're 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 recruiting yeah i think the the visits um are so important and and i think any coach will tell you that i think those official visits are are paramount. I mean, the, you know, especially for them to either if they come on match day or if they come in the fall and watch your team practice, I think, you know, one of the things is that they, you know, it's not a show what we're putting on. This is who we are. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think from the visit, you can really get a feel like, like you said, like, Hey, you know, is this something I, I want to be a part of? Um, or not. And, you know, mm-hmm. through the years, some, you know, a lot of, uh, kids want to be a part of it. Some, you know, maybe they don't feel it's a great fit for them. Um, so, you know, that, that's a, uh, I think the official visit is huge. I, I think, you know, establishing relationships with these, um, with these, uh, young, young men, um, you know, nowadays with the rule changes where now you can call them more than once a week, like it was in the past, you know, and, you Mm -hmm. know, being at a place like Michigan or Pepperdine where, you know, you have the resources to go visit them and get to know their families and, and, and just really develop a relationship and get to know them much more than just, you know, Hey, you have a great serve or, you know, you get to know them as people. Um, that is beyond important, I think, for any coach, for me, um, and in our program, it's a massive priority that when we, you know, when we um, target somebody that we're interested, that we get to know them on a personal level. And obviously, it's hard. You, you never, it, it, it's not a perfect, as you know, you've been in it, it's never perfect. And you, you know, it's mm-hmm. big there's going to be mistakes made through the recruiting process, but, but you do your homework, you do your best and you try to find kids that you feel will fit your program, you know, really well. Oh, yeah. So, so for those coaches, maybe that, that don't have the the budgets to be able to go watch players, maybe they're recruiting, uh, YouTube and, and, uh, relying a lot on, on maybe calls and and texts and things like that. I mean, are there any specific questions or, or line of questioning that, that, you know, you, you use that help you identify who might be the best fit for, for your culture? I know it's specific, but if you have any kind of advice or or insights into that? Yeah, no, that's another great question. And, and obviously, yeah, budgets are different and, and, you know, resources are are so different across the board. Um, But, you know, I, I still feel that, you know, through technology today, you can really um, establish establish relationships with these kids, with their families um, in a lot of different ways. And, and, you know, through that medium, I, I, I think, you know, 
you know, for example, questions that, you know, that I, you know, like to ask, you know, is, you know, one, you know, I talk to them a lot about like, do you, have you played team sports besides tennis? You know, have, you know, you know, tell me, you know, about those experiences. Do you play on your high school team? Obviously, if you're an international kid, it's a, it's a different conversation regarding that. Do you, you know, you know, talk to me, you know, about um, just, you know, I don't know. There's, there's certain triggers, certain questions that I like to get into conversations with these kids. Like, like if, if something comes up, like the last dance that's been on, you know, that's, I can, like, I was talking Mm -hmm. to a recruit the other day about it, you know, and and their thoughts and, um, and, and you just, you know, one of the things I love to ask is, you know, how much tennis do you like to watch and, um, to see if they, you know, you know, not test, but just get their feeling on their love for the game. And, um, you know, how did, how did they feel about the labor cup and the differences? And so there are certain things you can ask, um, you know, to, to really get to know them uh, a little better. So, um, hopefully, you know, that's, yeah. it, it's like I said, it's not perfect, yeah. but hopefully you get a, you get a better sense, um, you know, of who right. they are. I remember, um, that movie uh, draft day it was, and the I don't know if it was Kevin Costner and and he yeah and he was yeah, yeah, just yeah. you know that quarterback there was only you know nobody on his team went to his <laughs> birthday party <laughs> and uh, none of his teammates yeah, yeah. and it, it was like one of the reasons he didn't draft him right. so you uh, I mean we don't go that far but you know asking who's at his birthday party but um, <laughs> but you definitely try to get a feel for yeah. who they are as as people. Um, you know, I always love, right. you know, I like, for example, I don't really, I like seeing when their families come on the official visits with them. I like to see the dynamic between them and their little brothers and sisters and, and their parents. Mm-hmm. And it gives me a real, uh, sense of who they are. Um, so I, uh, some coaches may think differently, but I always enjoy, um, having, like, they always ask me, should I bring my family? I'm like, I'm like, for sure. I mean, if it's financially feasible for them to do, then yes, you know, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a, such a tough part of the job. I mean, talking about the, the NFL, uh, there, and I know we're talking about yeah. movies, but you know, you think of NFL teams, NBA teams, all the resources they have, all the scouts that they use and, and how often they get it wrong. And then we as tennis yeah, coaches, for sure. <laughs> you know, have, have, uh, you know, some have more resources yeah. than others, but, but even then we, we don't have scouts going out and doing all this extra homework and taking them through all these different different tests um it's just such uh, yeah it's such yeah. a minefield but you know obviously you you've been influenced by by team sports your own experience as 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 um as a tennis player then you know uh becoming a head coach at St. John's becoming an assistant coach um you know so you've 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 really found your your identity through the years and and your coaching philosophy but how would you help or encourage uh coaches you know especially the young coaches to find you know their you know coaching identity their principles their values um have you any thoughts on that yeah i mean i think for one you know i think it's so important to you know, I, I've, I had a great assistant coach a few years ago and he used to say, you know, you have to stand for something. You have to believe in something, you you know, and have a true identity and live that on a daily basis. And that's what, you know, we try and do. And if I give advice to a young coach coming up, you know, to, to that, you know, the winning and losing, I know it's, especially when you're coming, when you're coming, you're moving up in your career, you put so much emphasis on, oh, I have to win to get the next job. I have to, you know, so maybe I'll look the other way uh, on certain things and I, and I won't be as consistent because I have to keep this kid happy. I have to, you know, so we'll win. And I just, you know, I feel so strongly that, and I've used, I think I used this word before, you know, to be, you know, consistency um, in your beliefs on a daily basis and, and really um, living those values. So what you ask of the team, you, you, 
you uh, live yourself, I think is very important. And, and everybody has their principles and their beliefs and their values in their lives. And I, and I think, you know, as a coach, we need to live those through our team and instill those in our guys, because, you know, obviously uh, as college coaches, we're not just, you know, it's not just, it's not just numbers to us. These are, you know, the relationships that you, that you develop for the rest of your life. So I just, you know, you know, having an, an identity and like I said, and, and living that and being consistent every day is paramount. So I would, mm-hmm. you know, and if that means, you know, that, Hey, uh, you know, holding, you know, a student athlete accountable and pulling them out of, you know, practice or pulling out of a match and maybe, you know, losing that match. But in the big picture, you know, that, you know, that in the long run, that it's going to help this program. It's going to help this team. I I always, um, it's not easy. And I'm not saying it's easy to do that because it isn't. And I, I, at all, it's, it's very hard. Um, but I definitely, you know, if I had to give advice to any, um, young coach is to, you know, when you go into this, have your own, I don't, I think you should always, um, there's, you know, I've taken things from other coaches all the time. I think we all do because there's so many great ones out there and and not Mm -hmm. just in tennis. We, we, you know, we, we watch sports on TV. We hear, uh, you know, these interviews and we read these books um, from the great coaches and we always steal stuff. But, but I think every coach needs to inside their heart, inside their soul, have their true belief of, of, of how they should run their program. Just like my assistant coaches in the past, they go on and they have their own identities, their own beliefs. So. Right. Yeah. And so well, just just last question on that. I mean, how how do you go about showing your players that you care about them first and foremost as players and, and athletes, you know, uh, you know, is, is the, the secondary aspect of that? I mean, how, how do you you know, how do you, I guess, show your love for them? You know, what steps do you take? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, you know, it's, um, it's really important. Um, and I was not great at this, you know, early in my career by any means. And I think I've learned a lot through the years that, you know, you, um, you can't wait too long to pick these kids up that it has to be, um, you know, whatever the time frame there needs to be, you know, a shorter time frame where they know that, Hey, you know, I came after you a, a little bit, but I, you know, I still love you. I still, you know, you know, care about you, um, not just as a tennis player, but as a person. And, and I just think, like I said, communication for a coach is, you know, the number one. I mean, you know, these, when you communicate one-on-one with these kids in your office or wherever it is, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I go to, you know, I'll meet a player at Starbucks, uh, you know, I'll have them mm-hmm. over my house and get to know my family um, to create that, that family atmosphere that, you know what, we, we care about you. We, you know, it's not just wins and losses. So mm-hmm. I know I'm not saying anything earth shattering, uh, you know, that I know, uh, you know, coaches, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I look out and I, 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 I see it all the time, you know, so many great things and so many positive stories that I hear from, from other coaches. But um, yeah. I think that's, I think it's so important for the players. They, they have to know that, that, Hey, you, you care about me as an individual, you care about my grades, you care about how I'm doing in school. You, you care about my tennis, you care about my family, you know, asking questions mm-hmm. about how, how your how's your family doing? How's school going? How you know what what's going on? You know outside of the courts. Um, that's the best part of being a college tennis coach to me, without a doubt. The number one reason why I've stayed in it so long are the relationships that you develop with your players, without question. It's you know we've right. been having these Zoom calls during you know during this time with the guys and you know it's it's so fun to to (laughs) see them and talk to them and hear how they're doing um but that's you know to me that that's when you get the most out of them not just with tennis but in every way yeah 
Yeah, no, it's uh, I th- it was another podcast. I can't remember who it was with, but the the coach was saying, you know, when when things are going going uh, <laughs> not according to plan or they're having a tough time, yeah. it's actually looking back on on some of the letters they they received or emails they received from players through the years and and kind of reminding themselves as to as to why they're doing it and why they're in it and what matters most. So, oh, um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Just, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, with, with my 06 team, like, you know, having these Zoom calls now and, and hearing from those guys and getting messages from them, it's, mm-hmm. it's very special. And it's, um, and, and it's the big reason why our, you know, coaching is so special. Yeah, for sure. Okay, on to the rapid fire round, Adam. So, okay, what is what is a book that's made a major impact on you as a coach? Oh wow, a lot of books. Uh, let's see. You know, one book I'll go back um, that I love that still sticks with me. Um, it was the time I, I was at Northwestern was from Gary Barnett, the uh, football coach mm. who took yeah. uh, Northwestern to, to the uh, Rose Bowl. It was an incredible story. So, you know, his book um, and, you know, I, I, on the front cover, it says Taking the Purple to Pasadena, I believe. And <laughs> it was, um, that was a great book. I, I thought um, I learned a lot from, from that. It still stays with me today. And mm. I guess another book that I, that I have read, you know, is from Pete Carroll. I'm a big Pete Carroll fan. I know it's a shocker mm-hmm. to everybody, you know, he's, um, but, you know, I, I love him as a coach and, and what he does. So, you know, I've, yeah. I've read a lot of great books, but I, those two stick out to me. Okay. Very good. And what is your favorite drill? Favorite drill? Oh, my players would laugh. Uh, my only because <laughs> uh, my favorite drill for sure is a, uh, it's a doubles drill that um, we call it uh, MJ's. And I can't tell you what that means, a secret, but uh, why we call it that. But uh, it's a doubles drill that I like to start with at the beginning of practice, uh, probably the past 20 something years. Um, not every day, but most days we start with these fun doubles games and drills. Um, I've, you know, I, I've always felt like at the beginning of practice, you know, to to get a lot of guys on one court and get the energy going and, and doing some aggressive drills, you know, through doubles really gets just them going, um, you know, after a hard day at school. And I know a lot of them come in tired studying the night before or, um, you know, staying up late. So, you know, doing these doubles drills, we, sometimes we do them as drills. Sometimes, um, you know, we do, like I said, specific doubles drills or we play these MJ games. Um, mm-hmm. the guys love it. It gets them going. It, it, it creates that team bond right off the bat. Um, so it's, uh, so that's, that's what okay. I enjoy doing the most. Okay. Name one thing you've changed your mind on in recent years, whether that be in coaching or in your personal life. Well, I think in my personal life, I could tell you, don't get a puppy, um, (laughs) during a pandemic when you're at home, uh, for three months, it's been, uh, (laughs) a lot more than I, than I bargained for. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Um, we love him. Uh, it's been great. Um, things I've changed my mind on. Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I think in, um, coaching, um, I guess I'm trying to think here, I guess, you know, I, there are a couple things that I've changed my mind on regarding, um, formats, um, Mm. about, you know, in college tennis, you know, I was a, you know, I was a little bit late to the game regarding playing no ad regarding the, um, the no warm up um, with mm-hmm. some of those things. And now I'm absolutely love uh, without a doubt. I've changed my mind. I love the way we play. I, I think it's been great mm-hmm. for the sport. I think it's great for the fans. I think it's great for the players, um, mm-hmm. you know, playing no ad scoring uh, to me has really taught these guys um, and girls how to, um, how to play um, under pressure. I think, you know, college tennis was 
took a, you know, it was very long. It was very hard for the fans to sit through a four hour dual match, but I feel like the no warm up, the, the no ad and the different changes we've made have been great for the sport. I, I definitely have changed my mind um, regarding that. And I also, along those lines, I feel like what we've gone to in terms of a, a lead eight um, and playing the round of 16 matches on, you know, on your campus. I think, right. you know, at first I was a big proponent of a, of a sweet 16 of having all the teams there. And now I, I've changed my mind on that. I think having the elite eight on campus is great. I think it's a great change. And, and I think the feedback last year was terrific uh, with the crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that continues. Yeah, no, that that's good to hear. And, and thanks for, for admitting that. I know uh, yeah, it's still yeah. kind of been debated to, to this day, even yeah. though we're, we're maybe six years on from, from some of those decisions being made. But uh, yeah, appreciate you admitting that. And then, so what is your favorite quote or do you have one? Oh, another one. My, my players would laugh. I give them a lot of quotes. Um, you know, when I think of... Um, my favorite one, and I say it a lot, um, you know, I guess I'll use this one. Um, oh boy, I have a couple in my head, but I guess I'll use this one. Uh, you know, what's, what's best for the team isn't always what's going to be what's best for you. And, I, you know, I, I, I love that one. Um, I actually heard it from Coach Calipari at Kentucky. And I, I, you know, another thing I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I stole it, but I, I, I loved it and I, I, I use it with our team. I think it fits um, a lot in what we do and our program because, you know, what's, what's great for the team isn't always what's going to be great, what's best for the player. Um, and, and I think that's something the guys hear a lot. Uh, and they, they would, uh, they would, I think they would say that is my, I think they would answer that with that quote. So that's a quote that I, that I, that I love. Yeah. And, and lastly, what's one lesson you hope all your players have learned by the time they leave Michigan? I I think the number one lesson I hope they learn is that life's not about you, that it's about others. Um, You know, that when you go out in the world, you know, it's, you know, to make your mark, it's about, it's about giving, it's about giving to your family, to your coworkers, um, to your wife, you know, in the future, your children, it's just about, you know, that basically that, that's that's the most important thing um, that hopefully you learned in your in your four years um, in this program, and I think that will take you a long way. Um, so if I had to answer that, you know, that's definitely um, number yeah. one. That's definitely number one. Brilliant. Well, Adam, I think we did it. Thanks so much for your time this morning, and look forward to pushing this out to our coaches. <laughs> No, I appreciate it, Dave. I, I really do. And I know this is a, a very hard time for everyone. I wish everybody, you know, to stay safe, stay healthy, and, and all the best to you and your family and everybody listening. Uh, it's a tough time. And, and this I really enjoyed uh, this last hour with you. Good stuff. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Bye-bye. Okay.